0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Inside the 5 at Stuff. It's Will and it's Griff. And today, it's all NBA. We have the All-Star break coming up. We're going to give our first half review. We're going to talk about some teams we expect to jump up in the standings, some teams to kind of stay where they are, and some teams are going to fall. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to give you our first half MVP. We have some breaking news in the world of our Boston Celtics. So boys, what do you say? Let's go. Welcome back to Inside of the Five. And as of this morning, the morning of this recording, we had some breaking news in the world of our Boston Celtics. Head coach Joe Missoula is now head coach Joe Mazzula. He's no longer interim head coach. He has taken the job as the head coach of the Boston Celtics, the 19th coach in franchise history. And honestly, as of today, this is a genius move, and it is
1: very well-deserved. Well? Agreed. I mean, I was going to say it – Finally, it's done. I mean, I think we have been waiting for this for, I'd say, I'd say, a good amount of time, especially since the start that we had this season. I thought we were going to do it quicker, but I'm happy halfway through the season we decided to make that move. I think it's the right move, and that's my coach.
2: Yeah, um, you know, this past season, Danny Ainge tried to steal Coach Joe, bring him to Utah, and I think that that proved a lot towards the trust that Brad has in him. Um, and that's really all that matters, you know, uh, upper management with Grossbeck as well. But it just makes sense at this point in time, 42 and 17 going into all star break. And the best team I the really NBA. don't think but exactly best team in the NBA. I don't really think there's any slowing us down. And I think that Coach Joe has great command of the locker room and just watching them. I mean, watching every single or every other day, you know, Scal interviews them for a quick minute. They have a little chat. I just feel like he's like a good guy. I feel like he's like he fits the parameters of being a, a, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, and he does it with pride. And he's very like he. he I mean, almost a perfect coach in my opinion. It, he 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 has the grasp of the players. He answers uh, questions. Uh, how, how do I want to word this? He answers questions like politically correct, right? But you still knows that. You still know that there's like a sense of humor to him that he's light on his feet, but he gets the job done. He's been getting the job done all season Um, and he earned it. I mean, he, he's keeping his name out of the negative spotlight through the first half of the season. Um, And I mean, farewell coach email, I guess there, there's there got to be new beginnings for him.
0: Well, this was a no brainer in my opinion. I mean, with this, not only with the success that the Celtics have had up to this point, success aside, I'm talking about politically as well. I mean, hypothetically they didn't make this move right and you start next year not knowing who's the head coach even though you have two very worthy candidates right like there was always that overlooming question is e- what's going to happen with Ime Udoka after this year right like is are the Celtics gonna go back to Ime? are they going to stick with Missoula? Was, there was an overlooming thing that no, it wasn't really talked about too much, but it was there. It was definitely there. And um, now there's no more questions, right? He, I, th- I think Missoula is coaching the all-star team. I think he's coaching team Giannis. Yep. I could be wrong. Yep. No, he is. He is. And it, it just gives him another chance to really solidify himself as one of the coaches in the NBA. And if he continues to, if the Celtics continue to win on this pace, they're almost on pace to win 60 games. Um, He's the one coach of the year and you cannot move on from a coach of the year like that. So this is a great move. I'm happy. There's no confusion within this organization right now. They know who's the coach.
2: Uh, shout out Dwayne Casey uh, of the Raptors yes. who I was, did that was win coach of the year and then, and then get fired. But no, you're right. I mean, I think that he's well on his way to his first coach of the year. I think he's on his way to his first finals appearance and you're right. After the season, you don't want to have to go through the whole debate and make the wrong decision you just got to get the job done now and just to extend him after the first half of the season's well deserved it's just the fact that you know i feel like this one year trial period was kind of like a thing that if he wasn't going to end up staying here he was going to be the head coach of another nba team right so i i think he's a top tier coach in the nba and he's already he's just at the beginning of it so why not you know let him ride throughout the rest of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's career. Like, it, I, I don't see why that's not, um, you know, what's in the plan for Brad Stevens and Wick Grossbeck going forward. I, I, I think that we have a different sense of security with this guy than, than we did with Eme, than than we've had with Brad Stevens because I feel like for years, Brad Stevens was, you know, going up into upper management instead of coaching. That was in talks like for a minute. Um, I just feel like, Coach Joe's here to stay. I, I feel good. I feel secure with, with this head coach. It's a good feeling.
1: Is, yeah. I mean, it's good for the future. So, I mean,
0: I with that being said, like we stated, the Celtics are the one seed in the East. They are the best team in the NBA record-wise. Um, let's talk about the rest of the league, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, going standing by standing, the teams that are in the playoffs as of right now, not including the plan. we'll get to that, in the East. Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, Cavaliers, Nets, Knicks. Now, which teams out of those top six do you guys expect to kind of rise within those top six or fall out of the top six?
1: I said the Nets. I think the Nets are on the rise again. I think getting rid of Kyrie and Katie was a good move for their future one. They're going to get some picks in return, obviously, but I think their new acquisitions are going to play well for them. I think, I mean, they already started off, I think, um, bad journalism, but. Mikhail
2: Bridges had 45.
1: Macau, yeah, Macau Bridges had dropped 45. I mean, they're going to go out there and hoop, and, like, you can't ask them to do much more. They, they're they fighting for their playing spots. That like, they like like they got a, a select group of guys that like playing basketball, so they're going to be good. I expect them to move up in the rankings in the second half.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, looking at a team that I could see maybe take a, a, a slide out of this is the New York Knicks, and even though that they've been playing – quite well the first half of the season i just don't think that there's any inner culture there and i feel like the trade deadline showed that with moving on from players and i don't think rj barrett's uh you know fit into any sort of role there they're running with jericho sims at the five now um with mitchell robinson out and i mean jericho sims i guess we'll talk about him in a little bit uh dunk contest participant but other than brunson and julius Randle and you know emmanuel quickly who comes off the bench I don't really like anybody on this team. I think that Quentin Grimes stinks. He can shoot the three ball a little bit, but he stinks. RJ Barrett, like I said, just isn't doing what he's, you know, was drafted with the third overall pick to do. And Jericho Sims until Mitchell Robinson is back is terrible. So I, I'm not a big fan of the Knicks and I agree with you, Will, on your terms with the Nets. I think that just the fact that they're already up there in the standings helps them, helps them a lot. And, it's a team that will gel easy because they're all around the same age. They're, they're going to be a fun, young, exciting team to watch. Well, a hundred percent. You guys said it perfectly and they have a culture now,
0: right? Like when we think of the Brooklyn Nets, we stated this last episode on the trade deadline, um, this team kind of reminded us of the 2019, that's when they had D'Angelo Russell and Karis LeVer and guys like that who, they were fun, they were young, and they were exciting, they had a culture. They Fans wanted to be there to support this team They were easy to root for, and they kind of switched up their entire philosophy of their franchise. And it's good to see them go back to this before it was too late. And we've seen up to this point, it works, right? I mean, I think, I mean, they won last night against the uh, Heat when Macau Bridges just went off. Right. And the rest of these guys, they're competing. They want to be in Brooklyn. OK, and they, they've been doing a great job, especially like the role players that are involved in this. I mean, you can consider all these guys role players, but guys like Cam Johnson are supporting their teammates. Even then, when guys are inactive, they're still up on the sidelines. They're still cheering on their teammates. We didn't see that before. We didn't see that when Kyrie and KD were there. It kind of looked like they were lifeless. And I, it's it's honestly a lot of fun to watch. I mean, um, w- looking through the box score right now, you had everybody was scoring yesterday. I mean, Cam Thomas off the bench had 19 points. Who shout out me shout of the year? To be honest, uh, Cam. I said I was buying stock in Cam Thomas. Uh, my profits are through the roof right now with him. And you even got guys like we said, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris has found a stroke from three point range. Um, ben Simmons offensively is. We know what he is right now, scoring the basketball, but he's still dishing it out. He's still getting rebounds. He's not turning the ball over. Um, Claxon's doing his thing on the glass. Like, Dinwiddie's being a good veteran presence in this locker room. This team just seems as if they're primed to be in that category of NBA teams that you don't want to face come the first round. And at, if the season ended today, they would probably face, uh, I think, Cleveland. Cleveland's the fourth seed. And... See, I don't know who would win that. I think that's a very even matchup as of right now, and the depth of Brooklyn scares me if I have to face him in the first round of the playoffs.
2: No, you're you're very right. And just looking kind of at that like inner chunk of, of playoff teams where you go kind of three through six, three through seven, you get the Sixers, the Cavs, the Nets, and then the Knicks and the Heat. You give me three through five right there, I'm scared to play. I mean, honestly any of those teams, because like you said, the Nets are honestly just playing with all heart. The mm-hmm. Cavs are a team that, you know, started the season. It was like, we were thinking the Celtics were going to be one and the Cavs were going to be two and the Bucks were going to be three, right? When, when the Cavs started off so hot with Donovan Mitchell a couple weeks into the season, they're still floating around there and they're still a dangerous team. And they're a force to be reckoned with. When you can get those two guards hot, that's one of the best backcourts in the NBA. And obviously Philadelphia um, even after losing Matisse Thybul, I don't think that they got much better off the trade deadline, or at least in my opinion. Um, but you still have Joel Embiid, right? And they're still locked in at that three seed. There's not a lot of room for them to slip down just due to, you know, different teams. I mean, just the eye test looking at who's better than who. And Philadelphia's going to stay in that top half of the playoffs. And going through that little chunk, it, it shows how important it is for the Celtics to be the one seed right now.
0: And I mean, we kind of talk, I mean, we obviously talked about Missoula and how the Celtics are good, but let's talk about why the Celtics are good right now. Right. I mean, as of right now, I don't see them falling out of that first seed. If anything, maybe Milwaukee overtakes them just because of strength of schedule or whatever. I haven't really, we'll do our second half preview later, but up to this point, the Celtics bench has surprised me tremendously. Right. And by, by I mean bench, I mean guys who are not Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, as of late, Derek White's been playing like an all-star. As of the last month and a half, probably, he's been playing. under
2: player of the week.
0: Yes. And with the re- recent acquisition, we kind of threw this under the radar, but Mike Muscala has been playing tremendously as well. He's been – I didn't realize how good of a shooter he was, and when he stepped into the system, he didn't take a step back at all, right? And all the guys who get their number called, they produce. I mean, the loss against Milwaukee on Monday night, was it? Uh, guess, no it was Tuesday night it was Tuesday night they lost to Milwaukee but to be honest yeah, that's all I needed to say I mean Milwaukee's insane at home I think they're 24 and or yeah they're 25 and 6 at home and yeah. this Celtics team who rolled out a starting lineup of Derek White, Sam Hauser, Grant Williams, Blake Griffin and Mike Muscala took them to overtime and almost won this game um I mean Brogdon off the bench at 26 points that night. Derek White had 27. Muscala had 18. Sam Houser had 15. Grant Williams had 12. Blake Griffin had 15. You were getting contributions from everybody. And just as a side note too, I think this is pretty apparent. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford did not play in this game. But neither did Marcus mm-hmm. Smart. That's four out of your five starters come playoff time. Did not play against the number two team in the East. And we – Hung with them for the entire game up until overtime where they kind of overtook, but we still had a
2: chance to win. And, and you know what? Not only did they do that against the number two team in the East of, but some people are saying the hottest team currently in the league and a team that people were thinking, um, you know, going into this game specifically, they're off 10 straight wins and teams that they beat and they beat the Clippers twice. Uh, they beat the Lakers. They beat the Blazers and Dame's been pretty hot throughout that run. They beat the Nuggets towards the beginning of that run. Um, you're looking at, at this Milwaukee surge in a team that's now only one game behind Boston now after, or it depends on their game tonight as well. Milwaukee's playing Boston shutdown, but this is a team that's at their best. They're off 10 games, uh, 10 straight wins. Now they made it 11 against Boston, but, Throughout that whole 11-game span, the toughest they've been played was against Boston, and it was against Boston, like you said, without four out of their five starters. Now, this is the the second-best team in the conference, the hottest that they've been all season, and they almost lost to our bench. It, it, it's a very good sign, and everybody hates the term. It's a good loss, but, I mean, that's as good as you can get in, in terms of a game where you end in, in – with the losing team. I mean, that was, it was a great performance by every single person on that bench and a shout out that I've been wanting to give for the past week, week and a half after somebody who's been slacking off um, after the beginning of the season, Sam Hauser. I feel like he's been kind of resurrected with his role as the starting shooting guard. Now that Jalen Brown has been out, he's been starting on like, I mean, pretty much every single night since JB has been out, He's been shooting the ball very efficiently. His defense has been kind of lackluster, but um, he's getting the job done. He's shooting the three ball very efficiently, and he's scoring. Like, he, he he's actually putting together good quality offensive possessions with that team out there. They're moving the ball like they've never moved the ball before, and, and Coach Joe has them locked in. And it, it, its it was great to get a win against Detroit last night. Um, A team that, remember last year, had kind of had our number this year. We completed the season sweep of them. And just kind of good to get that momentum going into all-star break, um, making sure that we go into all-star break off a win so we can carry on, uh, I mean, post.
1: Yeah. Definitely. I mean, this Celtics team, obviously, best in the NBA. I mean, looking, looking at this first half of the season, I mean, like, can't be mad. I mean, excited for the second half, see where we go. I mean, obviously, like I think you said, Stav, can't really see anyone else, but maybe the Bucks due to strength of schedule, but obviously we're going to get to that, possibly taking us over. But, I mean, we're on a roll. When we guys are hurt, guys are stepping up. When we're fully healthy, we're the best. Like, it can't be in a better predicament going into the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, I mean, quite literally, as the best team in the NBA, but a team who's – Literally one game out of that best team in the NBA spot. Let's switch to the Western Conference and talk about the Denver Nuggets. Um, Nikola Jokic is my first half MVP. I know we said we'll kind of make this a separate segment, but I really don't see much argument, to be honest. He's averaging a triple-double, which is something a big man hasn't done in NBA history, I don't think. Um, Just an unreal team as of right now. But when you look at their depth, when I compare first in the East, first in the West, this Nuggets team isn't that deep. In my opinion, personally, they made some moves to achieve depth. They got Thomas Bryant. But I'll, I'll never understand Jamal Murray, to be honest. Jamal Murray had an insane bubble. He earned a, a big contract. And he just hasn't been in the news. He, he just doesn't play. No, I don't know how many games he's played this season, but I feel like every time I look at the Nuggets injury report, he just doesn't play.
2: Yeah, and – just going based off this team, they need him. And they need him to do what he was doing post-injury and in the bubble and uh, post-Instagram story. Shout out to Maul as well. Um, he, he needs to step it up. He's not – like, I don't – you're right. He's played 45 games. So it's not like he's missed, like, every single game. He's out there. He's playing. He's averaging 20 points a game. Um, and and Jokic averaging a 25-point triple-double is really what's keeping them afloat. I don't think that he's going to continue doing this. Stav, you're right on the nose, first-half MVP for sure. I think that he's going to finish off the season with the MVP award, but to ask somebody to carry on a 25-point triple-double average throughout the course of a whole regular season and throughout the course of 16 wins after that, it, it, it's almost an impossible task. And, and this team, like you said, with their depth, especially, I don't see really anybody special coming off their bench. I like Christian Brown, who we know uh, obviously from Kansas last year. Uh, good wing. Thomas Bryant, like you said, I mean, all Thomas Bryant did when he was in LA was disappoint people. You know, when he was in Washington, people thought he was going to be a starting center at some point, and he hasn't turned into that. Bruce Brown, obviously, mass native. He sucks, and he was so bad on the Nets. Um, Like, this team isn't good, and I'm glad that we're talking about the Western Conference. We don't talk about the West that often. Looking at the West in general, I'm going to say it right now. I am not scared of anybody. Superstars got sent to the West, and I feel like they got sent to, you know, destroy it. Dallas is sitting at seven. Phoenix is sitting at four. I can see Phoenix losing. I see Golden State moving up. I, I'm not scared of Denver. Um, the Clippers, in my opinion, are the best team in the West.
0: Yeah. I mean, you said it right. All, everyone's talking about how the West is the best conference. I don't think so. You go pound for pound, top six in the East and top six in the West. I'm taking the top six in the East pretty much every time. I mean, certain teams are better than certain teams, but you go one versus one, two versus two, three versus three. Are you telling me the Sac- the Philadelphia 76ers aren't better than the Sacramento Kings? Are you telling me that right. the Bucks who's better? The Bucks or the Grizzlies? Like, you know what? I, it, it doesn't make much sense to me. And this Suns team hasn't proven anything. They haven't they haven't been healthy yet. So I don't care about the expectations. We haven't seen them all play together. And mm-hmm. I'm taking the Cavs over the uh, the Suns right now. I'm probably taking the Clippers over the Nets. But yeah. who are you taking? The Knicks or the Timberwolves? That's just a battle of the mid.
2: Right, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's just Anthony anything. Edwards like going out there and doing every single thing possible. But, but shout out Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has no, been gone. He's a, this season, he's a dog,
0: he's a dog. Cat's
2: been out, cat's yeah. been out,
1: and in, they
0: don't have a point guard now, they, I, they treated yeah. D'Angelo Russell.
1: The whole yeah. theme in the West is just teams without depth, and then there's like two teams there exactly. in the middle, of the, the middle of the standings who are like good, but they just play a lot of the Eastern Conference teams, or they're just getting unlucky on nights with injuries. The West is just injury ridden without depth, and then there's like stars yeah. floating yeah. around here and there. Like, no, you're right, and I'd be scared of the Clippers. I'd be scared of the
2: Warriors, even though they're at yeah. the nine. And um, a team I'd look out for going down the stretch, and they're not even in the playoff picture right now, is Utah. I think that Utah is one of the deepest teams in the West, and mm-hmm. I, you know they just don't have that star power. But they have a team that could play 48 minutes every single night, and they can just rotate guys in and out. There's a there's a lot of depth in the East, and in, in Boston, and Milwaukee, picking up Jake Crowder, and Cleveland, and Brooklyn at this point too. The Nuggets top heavy. The Grizzlies are. Uh, I'm I'm going to say my first half frauds. Mm-hmm. At the two-seed, they'll obviously be in the playoffs. They could even be the three or the four-seed in the playoffs, top half. But I think no matter what, I don't see the Grizzlies making it out of the Western Conference semifinals. I no. just don't think there's
0: And let No, and let's go record for record, too. The two-seed in the West right now will be the fifth seed in the East. Yeah. So yeah. let's put the strength of conferences like that. The team who – I mean, this, the number one team in the West – would be competing for the number two seed in the east, they wouldn't even be a surefire. So it's, I mean, we'll look right now. The we'll talk about the playing teams a little bit too. Um, I, I can see Dallas kind of just making that jump just because they have the star power, even though yeah. that really hasn't impressed me as of this point. It doesn't look like let me rephrase this as of right now, the Dallas Mavericks look as what we thought they would look like, with exactly what we thought, it.
2: exactly what we
0: thought, yeah. They, they don't know what to do, essentially. It's not like – Luca's a playmaker, but he's a ball-dominant playmaker, right?
2: He's not like a Chris Paul. He needs to score to be a playmaker. Well, the perfect example of this was their game Monday where we literally said, it's like, okay, put up 120, and the other team's going to put up like 140. They lost 124 to 121 to the Timberwolves off Anthony Edwards scoring 32, but Kyrie scored 36. Lucas scored 33. Other than that, there wasn't a starter that scored over 10 points. Christian Wood off the bench scored 24, and literally nobody else scored. Nobody else scored. It was a game where two players combined for 70 points. Yeah, nobody else on that
0: roster can score. They do not have the ability to score the basket in the NBA. I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, who's that number four guy? Like, if we want to talk, every team in the NBA, in my opinion, has, like, four dudes that can go out and get you a bucket, right? I mean, every when I say every team, I mean every good team, right? Teams that we consider that they can compete. And right now, the Dallas Mavericks, people think they're a team that should compete. But going down their depth chart right now, you got Luka Kyrie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green, and Dwight Powell as their starting five, Christian Wood off the bench. But, like, do you trust any of these guys to – other than Kyrie, Luca, and Christian Wood on the offensive end, I'm talking. I haven't even talked about their defense yet because we know how atrocious they are. But you trust? All right, Josh Green, go out there and give me 15. Fuck no, you don't. Dwight Powell, do something else besides get me sit, like six rebounds. No, you don't trust it because five minutes into the game, Christian Wood's going into the game because he's the better center. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't make any sense to me what this team is doing. And Justin Holliday, is—he's
2: what their backup.
0: Two and three, and he averages four and a half points a game.
2: And he's—I mean—he has three brothers. He is the worst brother out of the Holiday brothers.
0: Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll <laughs> appreciate Davis Berton's coming back because that's another depth piece. That's a guy yeah, who, who who will get you like ten to fifteen points a night on a decent shooting he'd be night. Goaded
2: on the Celtics.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, he'd be that'd be awesome. But these—I mean, Reggie Bullock, I think he sucks. I, I think he's actually sucks. Yeah, after, after his playoff, all he does is, what does he do? He misses. That's literally what he does. So I this Mavericks team does not concern me at all. And mm-hmm. the Dallas Mavericks screwed up their future because you know Kyrie's going to walk in free agency. There's a 0% chance he resigns.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, just to kind of look at a couple other teams in the West to kind of shout them out, the Pelicans sitting at eight I, I could see them, you know, fully healthy coming off all-star break. I could see them rocketing up. Um, I could see Oklahoma City catching a couple more wins. I could see Oklahoma City in the play-in for sure. Portland in the play-in. Um, it's just, obviously, we'll go more in-depth about it on the next episode. But just looking out from the first half of the season, I really wasn't impressed by any Western Conference teams. And, and the team that, you know, has caught our eyes, in past years is the golden state warriors who I'm guessing are going to be in for a big second half of the season, but I'm glad the way the Western conference looks right now, I'd rather get through a gauntlet of the East and then have to play a team like fucking Phoenix in in the finals. And I'm sorry for being vulgar, but it's like, what are these teams doing around these areas? Like they have no business being here. I don't know what's wrong with, with the distribution of the NBA right now. How I look
0: at it right now, we might be spoiled as Celtics fans in the brand of basketball that we watch with how deep this team is and yeah. how good. A bench, a full is. bench. Yeah. So it's like, maybe we are spoiled and maybe we're just trying to compare everyone to the Celtics when the Celtics could are damn well the best team in the league for a reason. Right. Mm. I, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to keep, if you compare the best to the worst, essentially how we're doing it, obviously there's going to be a big gap, but, when it comes down to playoffs, these teams are going to be facing off with each other. And how do these teams stack up against each other is what we're trying to compare. So no one really, I mean, the Lakers kind of looked good last night against the Pelicans, but at the same time, the Pelicans were missing half their team. So it's like the Lakers are sitting below 500 right now. And they're literally the, what are they? The the 13th seed West.
1: So literally just explains everything we've just said. He's like, the Lakers look good, but the Pelicans, but they played against half of the Pelicans roster. And that's like every night in the Western Conference.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. I'm not. Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, the West is back." Why? Like, just because Kevin Durant went to the West doesn't mean that they're a powerhouse now. Mm-hmm. It just made the East really more competitive
2: in the middle pack. Yeah. No. Exactly. And it it, it weirdly like. I don't want to say it made it worse. I guess the the terminology I'll use for the Western Conference, um, KD and Kyrie like hindered the Western Conference. Like they're not, it's, there's no reason for them to be there. And it's like, if Dallas had Luka, they'd make the Western Conference finals and it would be a fun team. They'd probably lose to whoever, you know, goes on a crazy run in the second half of the season. But now it's like, there's going to be issues. There's too many superstars on this team. There's too many superstars on the Suns. The only teams that we've seen that have clicked with like a bunch of superstars were those Warriors teams, but that was because of coaching. And, and once again, on I've been talking no. about the Golden State Warriors. That coach is still there.
1: That, so yeah, I don't. The of key players like on the team other than their stars. Like that's exactly. Like the they have. The teams they have
2: stopped. other people, and, and Memphis does not. Sacramento's one of the deepest teams in the Western conference and they're the three seed right now. And I mean, we can almost guarantee that they're not going to finish the season in the three seed. They're the Sacramento Kings. Like they suck. They're the, 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 the Sacramento Kings. I like the Kings. I voted Ooh. Kevin Herter for all-star before he fell off, but they're not good. Um, the Timberwolves with cat back, maybe, I don't know, but just like looking at this or looking at this conference, it's just, I feel like it's like watching, SAC football versus watching the Sun Belt in in that the Eastern Conference is the SEC just because every single night like we played the Pistons last night and I was excited to watch I'm excited to watch these games I have NBA League pass I never watch Western Conference games I watch Eastern Conference basketball
0: yeah there's a clear difference in the talent in my opinion in the brand of basketball it's like the brand yeah it's it's so different like this might sound stupid to say but, like, teams like the Atlanta Hawks, I consider them more of a Western Conference team, right? Like, just a team that's annoying to watch. They're just going to huck up half-court threes. One out of mm-hmm. every five is going to go in. I think Trey Young is very overrated. I don't mm-hmm. think that Haw- There's a reason why this Hawks team is stuck in the eighth seed and stuck in the play-in tournament every single year, ever since they went on that run. And you could consider that a fluke run because they never really had to go on the road. Oh, that was a fluke run. That was officially a fluke. And – They got DeJounte Murray, and now all of a sudden DeJounte Murray's acting like a punk and like trying to – that's not who he was in San Antonio, and that's not how he got to the spot he is in today. And when the Knicks route you as the Hawks, and the Hawks are known to dominate the Knicks and all this stuff, well, you just got bitched at home by the Knicks. That's your team that you're supposed to own, and you just got dominated by 21 points and – there's a lot of teams like that in the NBA. I mean, I'm just saying the Hawks, I think the wizards are like that. The Chicago Bulls who are out of the play in tournament. As of right now, that's the biggest disappointment that you'll see all season. And it it just, it's bad to watch. And another team that's like that is the Lakers, right? I I mean, I, I bet on the Lakers last night and I was just watching them play. It's such a bad brand of basketball, but it's better than what it was before the trade deadline, but it's just ugly. Right. I can count. I can't count on my two hands how many times they got a defensive rebound and tried to just start a fast break when there was no fast break to be started. They just throw it up when Anthony Davis wasn't looking at the middle of the court. He would catch it, almost travel, throw it to Austin Reeves, who would try to throw a lob to like Mo Bamba, who would completely miss it. And it's like, why is this team trying to be the Showtime Lakers? You're five games under 500. Worry about making the playing game before you start doing all this flashy shit.
2: Yeah, and I I feel like that's always been the thing with the Lakers. Like, even when it was, like, do you remember the team, like, Lonzo, D'Lo to- towards the end, Kuzma? I feel like they were trying to, like, do, like, uh, we call it hot dog business. It's just, like, fucking around. Like, that, you're not Magic Johnson. <laughs> like, you're not Magic Johnson throwing the ball to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, this isn't this isn't the Lakers of the past. I feel like no matter what, and LeBron does the same stuff, it's like it's all for the show. It's all for the cameras. It's all for the lights. And that's why right now the Clippers are succeeding because they're an L.A. team that, I mean, people, you could argue, aren't owned by L.A. Like L.A. is notoriously known for the Lakers. That's their thing. They've won 17 – they've won eight championships. Eight championships in LA. Um, And, you know, that's the team and and they don't keep their head down. They're all for the publicity. They're there to make the money. That's what they're doing. I do think the Lakers are going to go better. Um, But I mean, it's just that point. I mean, the Western conference is kind of like the and one mixtape. It's just, you're out there trying to make like highlights, trying to get clips trying to get things for social media to go viral. And, and and then you get to the Eastern conference and it's Jason Tatum kicking your fucking teeth in. I mean, it's, there's a big difference. It, it, there's a different brand of physicality. There's a different brand of, you know, the way they go about playing basketball. And I just feel like it's obvious and, and obviously I'm not like, right. I'm just joking around. Like everybody is giving it 110% and these are professional athletes, but, I feel like some people just have different focuses when you're a professional athlete in the, in the Lakers, whenever you're a Los Angeles Laker, your main focus is never winning. It's always, Oh, I'm in LA. Yeah. Um,
0: I guess that kind of re that kind of does it for the first half preview. Yeah. Let's hop into the all-star break boys. Um, this is a somewhat, this is a new format completely, right? We've seen a lot of shakeups in the all-star game of the last probably six years years. and we'll start with all-star Saturday night. You know, the the showcase of talent in the NBA. Well, what's supposed to be the showcase of talent. We'll get into the dunk contest soon, but all-star Saturday night kicks off in Salt Lake city, Utah. That's where the all-star is. And we have the skills challenge, right? This year, we have Team Tacumbo with Alex Antetokounmpo, Giannis, and Thanassis. All right, two mid-players and someone who plays football on a basketball court. You have the rookie team of Paolo Benchero, Jaden Ivy, and Jabari Smith. And you have Team Jazz. Jazz supporting the hometown team like last year they did the Team Cavs. You have I, don't mind it. I don't mind that one. I yeah. like that one. Yeah, that's that's fine. I like Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, and, and Walker Kessler. But what confuses me about this jet? Why isn't Laurie Markkinen doing this? He's and yeah. It,
2: why why is it not Laurie Markkinen instead of Walker Kessler? Walker Kessler, Auburn alum, like was awesome at Auburn. A three and D seven footer. It's like he can stretch the court out. He's a great player, and he's been starting for them. But Laurie Markkinen is like the same thing, just more athletic and and know actual him more. Yeah, and he's also yeah, yeah. And he's an all-star? <laughs> like I don't know. It's just I mean, I feel like the NBA, I feel like professional sports leagues in general just can't get it right anymore. And there's no reason to have T. Monte de Cumpo two years in a row. I get it. It, it, it. The reason that they do it is to increase their uh viewership among like overseas, but it doesn't make sense. Just do like a team overseas where you're grasping more of a of a reach instead of people that are from Greek and Nigerian descent. I mean, like you get Luca on it, you get Christops on it, you get some Europeans on it, you get people from Asian descent, people from African descent. If you want to get viewership, right? But why are you yes. going team onto the kumpo every single year? Alex Anthony Kumpo has never played like in the NBA. Why does he just keep getting free tickets to All-Star Weekend every fucking year? You know, it makes no sense to me, but how I would do it if I was the NBA,
0: I would do team USA, team world, and like team rising stars, right? Mm-hmm. So you could do rookies and for second-year players. You can do top three from USA and three international players. So like you're like you said for the international, you could do Luca, Embiid, and Giannis, right? Just yeah. three three different players from three different parts of the world. And then in the USA, you could do who you pick three all-stars, right? You could do Kyrie, Jason Tatum, and LeBron. And then for the Young Bucks, you pretty much do the same thing with the team rookie. You do Paulo, Jaden Ivory, and Jamari Smith. I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. And it would really give us a, a chance to see some of these guys doing the competition at the highest level with all the eyes on them, right? So you can get – because right now there's no hype around rookies other than Paolo Benchero. There's zero hype around rookies. In, Paulo and, stinks too. And a casual NBA fan doesn't know the top five players in the rookie class. I barely know the top five rookies right now. So giving them, like, when you get the stars to compete in the skills challenge, and the skills ta- challenge isn't going to get you hurt. It's not going to mess up your shot or anything. It's a fun thing to do. And if you get the stars to compete against the stars, to compete against the next generation of NBA players, essentially, then you, you're you, you're going to get a lot more viewership than you would when you have the team on in the kumbos with two G League players and Giannis, the Jazz without their actual all-star, I mean, and then team rookies, which is fine. Even on a fourth team
1: and do the same thing they're doing with like Team Utah Jazz, yeah, yeah. And and we've
2: seen superstars do this before. Like, I mean, Giannis is in it right now, we've seen Dwayne Wade do this, we've seen Jason Tatum do this, like, we've seen Cat do it. I feel like Jokic has done it. Remember when they used to do uh guards versus bigs? Like, we've seen different formats that I feel like have been a lot better and a lot more successful than this one the old school format i remember there was there was like a year where it was just like you had to be an all-star to participate it in it and there was like six of them and they just did like one v one tournament it was like dwayne wade darren williams like a bunch of those names from the 2000s and and it was a lot of fun like those are the the memories that like people have from that is when you get to see some of your favorite players on different teams or even your favorite team do these fun little things that aren't just straight up basketball. And it, it just goes back to my point. And I hate to keep saying the same name, but like, I don't care about watching Alex Antedacumpo run and do between the legs where there's little like figures in front of them. Like, I don't, I don't see there being any reason. I like the rookie team. I hate the Antedacumpo team, like I already said. um But, you know, there's just the rising star or not the rising stars, excuse me, the skills challenge for like a few years span, that was the best part of Saturday night because the three point contest has been boring for years. And we all know about the dunk contest. And I feel like the skills challenge is getting watered down too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a watered down event. It's whole, a, all, all days. Oh, the whole day is just a watered down day.
0: Well, I think the three point contest should replace the headline, right? Just based off of not only the the, where the NBA is trending, but just based off of hype of the event in competition, you know, you look at it. The the three point contest has the best comp, uh best players in it, and mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to talk about this because let's go through the three point contest. I mean, I don't even. Do you guys want to make
2: predictions for the skills challenge? I I, I don't no. care.
0: Team no Jazz, no congrats. All, right,
1: congrats. all, right, all right. you
2: wait. You take Team Jazz. Sure. Okay, Will, you're Greek. Um, you you take Team Antedakumpo. Uh, I'll be Team Rooks.
0: Yeah, and the winner gets Will's credit card. Next, yes. we have the three-point yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Starting off, I mean, this has the most, the best players, the most stars in this event. I'm excited for this, to be honest. And we'll this start. Uh, I'm going through player. the it's list that I'm looking great. at right now. Here are the participants: Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, Buddy Heald, Kevin Herter, Damian Lillard, Larry Markkinen, Julius Randall. Which is so random. I don't. He, he's like shooting 30 from three. He's replacing <laughs> Anthony Simons. And we have Jason Tatum from our Boston Celtics. Um, this is fun. I'm excited to watch this. There's a lot of good shooters here, but I, I think this is Tyler. I'm sorry. I think this is Buddy Hield's event to win.
2: Buddy Hield. Wow. You know he
0: set the um, Indiana Pacers single season three point record at All Star break.
2: <laughs> Did he really? He's been bugging this year.
0: He's he's on pace to beat Steph Curry's um, three point record. But Shut
2: up! Time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he is like the best player on that team right now. Like they have a Tyrese, I mean, Tyrese. What's his name? What's his name is starting for that team on the Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, Aaron Neesmith is starting for them. So it's like, well, Tyrese I was Ray Buddy, an all star. Oh well, yeah, I, yeah, sorry, but I mean, Buddy Hield is like the best scorer on that team still.
0: Yeah,
2: so it's like I guess and um. If we're talking about who's gonna win this, I just want to straight up say it's not gonna be Jason Tatum, and I'm sorry, Will, if you're taking Jason Tatum, and you can believe it's Jason Tatum, but with my whole heart, I just don't think it's Jason Tatum. I'm going to Larry Markkinen with the with the, three, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with, the with the with the with the three point competition. I think he's gonna win, and he's gonna do something for the Bigs. I believe in Larry Markkinen in, in this year's uh in this year's three point competition.
1: I'm just gonna say Jason Tatum. Like well, I might as well have to. I uh,
2: I said Larry Markkinen just straight up because I was gonna say Tyrese Halliburton, and, and then I totally forgot about Tyrese Halliburton when, while talking about Buddy Hield, and you reminded me of him, so I was like, okay, well now I can't say he's gonna win the three point contest. <laughs> well,
0: I, I think I don't even think Julius Randle's gonna
2: get the double digits, to be honest. No, no, I think I think Julius Randle might like. Pull like a Tiger Woods. Well, I don't know. Oh, I had the I had him on earlier today. Tigers in the Genesis right now. But he might pull like a classic uh twenty twenty-one Tiger Woods and just maybe play like half and then leave. Like he might actually leave after the third rack. He might just be done.
0: And not only that too, it's like he remember who was it a few years back? Was it Paul George that just couldn't make a three? He he got like four. I don't know. I feel like,
1: like he didn't have a good one. No, he too, did well. right? he, he he oh didn't well.
0: did do it. He made it to the final it round. Might um, it might have been Paul George. Paul George did terrible one year. I think he only got four. That's Let's I project for Julius Randle.
2: <laughs> I have Larry Markkinen, though. I feel like you guys are sleeping on Larry Markkinen.
1: I like that pick. I just think his it's shots slow. It's a sleeper, you know, though.
0: Home crowd? Well, yeah, home crowd, but it's like one of those things where – in the three-point contest, you can't take your time on the jump shot. You have to keep no. shooting. A minute to that's shoot right. what, thirty shots, so you got to shoot a shot every two seconds, and or or however. I I I could be completely lying with the that, but um, there's and from way deep you have like the Mountain Dew ball, whatever that's like from. Yeah. Oh, I hate the Mountain Dew ball. That ruined the that ruined the three-point competition. Yeah, it's not like ah, whatever. I mean, Kevin Herter is a low-key sleeper too. I, I actually
2: kind of I want to see his odds for that. I don't know, but well, well, Kevin Kevin Herter. Here's the thing: I was voting for him for the All Star game for a while. Like he he had the strap, but he's fallen off. Kevin Herter fell off the past.
0: I don't game. think Hero's gonna make. I don't think he's gonna do it. Uh, Hero's a
2: loser. He he's, just he, he, you can
0: Sorry, Tyler, you can't take a floater in the three-point competition, buddy. On a fucking <laughs> poverty franchise, Dame might do fine. Damian Lillard's Damian Lillard. Oh,
2: Dame's probably gonna win. Yeah. Dude, I saw Dame last week. I'm sorry, this is like not like at all how I like how I used to talk on a podcast. But I I saw Dame last week just randomly pull up from like half court, like Lamelo Ball high school half court, like yeah. in game, no reason, and didn't like push the ball towards the rim. Like he just had like his same regular like yeah. form. Damian Lillard is is a hero and goes underappreciated. And the Dame Four was a great basketball shoe. Wore that for a year. I just had to say that as well. Um, but I say um real quick, I got Jericho Sims winning the dunk contest. <laughs> give me give me Trey Murphy the third. Do you know who that is? Do you know who that is?
0: Yeah, he's on he's on the Pelicans. I, I only know him because I bet the under on his points when I went to the Celtics game against the Pelicans. <laughs> I think his line <laughs> was at, like, seven and a half, and I bet the under on it in a hit. He had, like, four
2: points. <laughs> yeah. and I, I bet the under on his
1: three people. People.
2: I don't know who these people are. Will, who do you have? Mack
1: McClung. Yeah, yeah. Nah, he I mean,
2: said McClellan.
1: He said, I know two dunks that have never happened in the dunk contest, and for that reason, I don't believe him, so I'm going to take him. I yeah, won. I feel like Mac
2: McClung. I mean Mac McClung definitely is the favorite. I haven't looked at lines yet. Mac there shouldn't be lines is-
0: for it. There should not be lines for it. It's fucking robbery. There's no skill and there's no thought process that can go into it because these guys don't fucking dunk in the game because they don't get into games. <laughs>
1: yeah, but they'll should all be like plus like over a
0: thousand. Like, what am I going to go look at their high school mixtape to see if they can dunk? If you look at any NBA player's in high school mixtape, they can dunk. This is stupid. This is this should not be the main event. I'm sorry. The main event needs to consist of stars. I do not want to hear was, Kenny was, Smith yell, let's go home, ladies and gentlemen, to a two-hand rim grazer
2: from Trey Murphy for the win. <laughs> wait, wait. Mac McClung is not favored. Who is? You will never guess.
1: Yeah, Kenny the Kenny one Martin person Jr. we
2: didn't say. The Kenny one Martin. person we didn't say, Kenny Martin Jr., is plus 175. 175. Matt McClung is plus 200. Jericho Sims is plus 225. Sleeper, good value there. Trey Murphy is plus 300.
0: Yeah, I, hey, we take value plays here on Inside oh, the yeah, Five. Sorry that
2: we picked for value.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, technically it's all value pick. I, I don't think any of these guys are going to make it though.
1: Yeah, what if they just
0: all lose?
1: Put yeah, <laughs> a do. new prop and like no one to make a dunk. <laughs> <laughs> I have John ja Morant just like
2: running onto the court in the middle of it and doing one dunk, and they give him the crown. Yeah, they that's what
0: would happen. That's what should and happen. And I would
2: appreciate that. That would be and, a lot better than watching Jericho Sims catch a lob from R.J. Barrett. <laughs> like I don't.
0: <laughs> like you know how a lot of the time the. NBA, or like the the cameras pan to the crowd, and it's like all the stars, quartz out, all the celebrities, like with their phones going nuts. Are you gonna go nuts for Trey Murphy? Like, no, no, no one who's gonna dap up Trey Murphy? Who?
2: I'm dying to know. Who's, who's dap up on him? the bench? Like, <laughs> like his teammates. Yeah,
0: Are he even gonna be there? Or is there a Pelican in the All Star game?
2: Uh no.
0: No. Yeah, so no one's gonna <laughs> no. give a fuck about him. Then you have Mac McClung. It's like. Oh shit, all the kids in like the rafters or in like the balcony are gonna be recording because we watched this high school mixtape. And then Kenyon Martin Jr., what's he gonna tap up his dad? Like no one gives a fuck about him. And Jericho Sims, I the first time I realized he existed was against the Celtics when he had like 10 rebounds. Like, congrats. You have to dunk the ball in the dunk contest, asshole. You can't just, you can't just grab rebounds. If there's a rebound competition, maybe I would
2: take him imagine starting a center for the New York Knicks and your current averages through halfway through the season is 3.7 points per game oh so he gets about five two rebounds a game that's what he he's yeah I mean he's averaging four points a game like 3.7 points a game that is at most one dunk <laughs> a
1: <game. laughs> he's a center like
2: what's he, what's he gonna do he's he's 24 years old first off so like maybe he has bounce he went to Texas and it's like How'd you go to a big 12 basketball school? And I don't know who you are. Like, well, I don't know. His person. Bad.
1: When Cole Anthony dunked in Tim's.
2: That was probably the lowest of lows. Yeah. And I love Cole Anthony, but like, yeah, in like, Tim's,
1: Like all he did was just like a dunk in Tim's. Yeah. He literally did like a rim grazer in Tim's and everyone's like, Oh my God. Like Tim's are heavy. Like, yeah. Like,
2: yeah. But like, are they that heavy though? They're not like, like you can still jump. Like why are you wearing Tim's on a basketball court?
0: Yeah, why? If he slipped, I thought it'd be funny. But uh, let's—that's it for Saturday night. Like that's it. It's this event's – What can be And the
2: best part is okay. Okay, wait. First off, let's just say that NBA All Star Weekend sucks because we can't even talk about the game yet. We don't know who's playing who. So So like, we, we had to draft our teams. We did have to draft our own teams.
0: I mean, do we want to talk about that? Well, let's go right no. into that. I don't even know how <laughs> we talk about this because we don't know who's going to play on what team. Does that mean, like, not, us not knowing who's going to play on what team really does impact the odds for who's going to win an All-Star game MVP. Like,
1: like it's a live right. bet, essentially.
0: It is. It, and, like, Griff, you said that they were drafting Sunday afternoon. They should draft All-Star Saturday night with all the players courtside. I think that would be sick. And, like, if the captains handed each player their jersey and you have, like, a like 30 seconds to pick or whatever and make it like an nba draft of some sort right and i think it'd be a lot of fun and it'd give more time for the nba to market the all-star game and
2: and you know it's funny because we come up with these ideas on the fly right just like we're just like spitballing right now and these are like good ideas and i just don't understand i know for a fact because In in, like the sport business, like there are people in the NBA front office that have better ideas than what is actually out there right now. I know that for a fact. There's just no way that there is. I don't I don't get why it's so bad. Um, The NFL with their with their Pro Bowl and all that like it makes sense, you know, you can't play football but you can play basketball here you can do fun things within within the game of basketball like the skills competition like a dunk contest like a three point contest they're just they just aren't getting the names of the people and, and they're really just overall not producing it like correctly that's my i mean that's just like my official opinion my official take and i i don't i don't think we should even talk about like how we drafted them because no matter what we're not going to be right like it's going to be a different yeah. team so yeah. i I, I just don't think I mean if we were going to draft and, and they've done the draft right they've done it in prior years and they just did it on a random Thursday night maybe like the Thursday night before uh, I think they would do it uh, techstar night yeah like on TNT right yeah. they do it TNT like pregame that's of- like that's awesome right but I don't get why we don't know the team at all until like they play it it just doesn't really make sense like what are they gonna are they gonna shoot for it
0: yeah like who flip a coin. If they shoot for it, we'll have to wait another forty-five minutes to see who gets to pick first because none of those guys can hit a shot to save their life. So it won't be fun. <laughs> like that'll just be yeah.
2: boring. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see, right? We'll see, we'll see how the game goes. The 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 All Star Game in itself on Sunday night is honestly the make or break for the weekend, in my opinion, because we already like like they said in Spider Man, if you expect disappointed, or if you expect disappointment, you won't be disappointed. Um that's exactly how I feel for Saturday. So I feel like all-star game Sunday night is the make or break of the weekend. If they can successfully run an all-star game and I can enjoy three quarters of it, I'll, I'll be very glad. But other I mean, than that. um, Quick, who's your all-star game MVP, Griff? Uh, all-star game MVP, Luca. Jason
0: Tatum. Donovan Mitchell.
2: All right. That's a good one. That's that is, a good one.
1: That is a good that one. Is
2: a good one. Um, starter this year. But anyways, I guess that's going to wrap up this episode. Anybody have any final takes? Fuck NBA All-Star Weekend. MLB
0: All-Star Weekend takes over.
2: That's facts. NHL All-Star Weekend number two. Uh, we will catch you guys at the beginning of next week. We hope you guys somehow enjoy All-Star Weekend. I'm going to go watch the rest of Tigers' round With JT and Rory McElroy. I'm going to enjoy that. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We'll catch you guys later. And peace. Peace.